Welcome to Episode 4 of Smells Like Teen Parent, a podcast for adolescents and the adults who annoy them. I'm your host, Jenny Debevic, a counselor and academic consultant with 20 years' experience working with teens. In the last episode, we talked about what makes a successful adolescent, and in this episode, we take a look at adolescent relationships, the good, the bad, and the awkward. One of my friends was from, like, Russia. Uh-huh. I haven't even heard from him. I don't know where he is. I don't know what happened to him. He might have been gone back to Russia. I don't know. Like, I'll be in conversations and then I'll realize, wow, they're not listening to me a tiny bit. Like, they are just talking and talking and, like, they have not, like, thought about what I had to say at all. What makes adolescent friendships so important? How can we help them get through conflicts and heartbreak? What are ways to support teens making healthy friends and setting boundaries? How would you describe friendships at your school? Most of the time, you're, like, in a friendship, but then if you screw up, you just get booted out. How's that feel? Well, I don't know, because I've never gotten booted out. As we head into the fourth episode, I just want to invite all of you listeners to be a part of this ongoing dialogue. If you want to take a quick minute to download or pass along to others who might benefit from this discussion, every download helps build this inclusive community. Smells Like Teen Parent is reaching new audiences with every episode, and you're a big part of making that happen. As part of my counseling mission to support social justice, I will donate as many dollars as there are downloaded episodes to Huckleberry Youth Programs. Huckleberry Youth Programs partners with Bay Area teens and families to help promote safety in times of crisis, physical and emotional health and well-being, and social justice in communities facing inequity. You can learn more at huckleberryyouth.org. Also, so it's not just me blathering away here into the void, if you want me to cover something specific or you need a little advice, feel free to email or leave a voice recording at smellsliketeenparent at gmail.com. Finally, if you're looking for ways to retain your sanity during the adolescent years, I recommend and the Insight Timer app. Insight Timer has thousands of guided meditations, courses, a diverse array of teachers, and live events for all age groups. I started using Insight Timer almost 10 years ago, and quite frankly, it's changed my life. Today's daily inspiration is, there are only two important questions. One, am I making things better? And two, when can I take a nap? In the life-changing novel of Tale of Two Cities, Charles Dickens opens with, It was the best of times, it was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom, it was the age of foolishness. It was the epic of belief, it was the epic of incredulity. It was the season of light, and it was a season of darkness. It was the spring of hope. It was the winter of despair. While he was referring to the dawn of the French Revolution, he might as well have been observing a middle school lunch recess, complete with warring factions, surprising alliances and betrayals, and dramatic love triangles. Well, she had a fight with and they made up, and then she had another fight with and this time kicked out of the friend group. So you can actually get kicked out of your friend group? Yeah, all you need is like one person to decide it and everyone else to follow along. Uh, And then what happens if you're kicked out of your friend group? No one, you just, you don't sit with them anymore and no one really talks to you anymore. That sounds lonely. Yeah, you can always hang out with Okay. (laughs) But then you have to sit on the floor. You have to sit on the floor? Yeah, isn't that great? As we parents begin to recede or seem to be eclipsed entirely from the spotlight, friendships with peers become the alpha and omega of influence. What do you think makes a good friend? Um, Well, I think a very important part of a good friendship is having good communication between each other. And I'm just kind of knowing where everyone's at. And honesty is a big one, too, because you want to be able to trust your friends because
because that's what um, trust is a big part of like a friendship. And it's important that you surround yourself with like people who will actually respect your boundaries and won't cross them over every time. Me and my friend always tell each other how we truly feel in like different situations or like when different things come up. And I feel like that's really important because that's kind of what makes a friend, like just being able to share that with them, so. Sure, sure, other adults are also important, such as teachers, pastors, coaches, and directors, but even they cannot rival the power of their peer group. I don't like being placated and I don't like being like molly coddled. So I like just like someone who just like cut through, cut through the shit. Creating and shedding friendships is an essential part of the roller coaster process of what psychologist Eric Erickson refers to as the third stage of the eight stages of development. Erickson labeled this stage identity versus role confusion, which occurs approximately during the ages of 13 to 21. This is an exciting stage where adolescents have the potential of developing a strong sense of individuality and self-worth that comes from forming one's own identity. Along with the heady fragrance of independence comes with what some adults might consider the stench of adolescence. Testing boundaries, taking risks, dressing in what today's adults might consider bizarre or even horrifying outfits. But then again, does anyone remember MC Hammer Pants or floral brocade vests? So yes, our beloved teens are trying out their identities with the only other people who truly understand what they are going through. Their friends, and boyfriends, and girlfriends, and frenemies, and enemies, and frenemies, enemies. I've been in like a bunch of friend groups, but like right now, I only have like one really close friend because I feel like he's the only one that's really open to have that genuine relationship, so yeah. Was it like in junior high, was it ever awkward? Yeah, at the beginning, it- I think it's always awkward, but we've gotten so much more comfortable and we've had so much more time to get closer. No matter how baffling to us, these friendships form an essential foundation for development and growth. In the best of times, teen friendships provide a host of positive benefits. These include better immune system, higher self-esteem, lower rates of anxiety and depression, stronger emotional regulation skills, improved brain function, and more empathy and trust of others. In fact, one study of more than 100,000 adolescents found that teens with more friends had fewer symptoms of depression and a greater sense of belonging in society. How would you describe your friend group? Very close and very bubbly and we really look out for each other. But we're also open to new experiences and new friends and we want to encourage each other to get out of our comfort zones. But definitely they're like my rock, they're my people. And then it can go horribly, horribly wrong. You know what? You're the one who made me like this so you could use me for your eighth grade revenge. Like you're so innocent. Like, you know what? It's not my fault you're like in love with me or something. What? See, that is the thing with you plastics. You think that everybody is in love with you when actually everybody hates you. In the worst of times, as parents and adolescent caregivers count their gray or the few remaining hairs, they are asking, why is there so much drama. Sometimes I'll like force myself to go hang out with somebody that maybe I know I don't really like that much. And I'm like, hmm, why am I here? And then I like to remember <laughs> that and be like, okay, next time I want to hang out with them or just somebody, don't. <laughs> Shouldn't have gotten involved in their little friendship and thing in the first place, but like I was. And so I was just like, hmm, she ended up switching schools. So, Well, here I'm going to just jump right into one email I received this past week. 
asking, When my daughter gets ghosted by her friend, she easily forgives her. What is the best way to handle this when it happens? Ghost Hunter. Well, Ghost Hunter, psychotherapist Aaron Leonard, PhD, has written extensively about toxic friendships. It is so painful to witness our children suffer. And as our natural protective instincts kick in, we're going to have to hold ourselves back from trying to control the situation, like calling the parent of the toxic friend or telling our kid to just ignore or even cut this toxic friend out of their lives, involve school administrators, or even help them switch classes or schools. Learning how to deal with toxic or unfriendly people in their lives while we are close by is an essential practice for learning how to set boundaries as they get older. Remember, as adults of adolescence, our job is no longer to save our children, but to help arm them with coping tools like good judgment, integrity, self-respect, and resilience. My advice to you, Ghost Hunter, is to put down that machete for now and just help your kid hold the space for their feelings. And no doubt they are big ones. Remember that this stage of development is about finding the tribe outside of the family. Even toxic friends might seem more worthwhile than no friends. You can, though, through your loving, quiet presence, help them reset from that fear of isolation to a position where they can be powerful and discerning. Start by reflecting what you see in the moment, like you seem sad, and then speak to the cause of that sadness. Yeah, it feels gross when a friend ghosts us. Even though we want to pull out the flamethrower, telling your kid to cut out that frenemy often backfires, because then it's about wanting to prove to you that they can make it work. But you know, it's not about you. And then help them consider options rather than telling them what to do. Your kid is already feeling uncertain in the moment and needs to move through those feelings of uncertainty to find their own ground in themselves. They're learning to trust their instincts about what they will and will not tolerate in another person. Who or what has helped you set boundaries? I think I learned a lot from like my parents because I've, I've talked to them about some stuff after like, you know, I had to make a lot of boundaries with friends and things like that. And then also some really close good friends I've had um, have also helped me set boundaries. You serve your kid best when you can empathetically bear witness and trust that even though this moment is hard, you can build them up and remind them that they are worth being respected just by standing beside them. Keep breathing. And thanks for the email, Ghost Hunter. Email your questions or experiences to smellsliketeenparent at gmail.com. So like, I know what it means to be a friend. Like I'm a great friend and I know I am. You gotta find people who already know how to be a good friend. So I think the best thing is just to like not change how you are and you just present yourself in a way that you genuinely are. And if people like it, they like it. If they don't like it, they don't like it. And you never really need to like cut your losses or whatever and move on. According to researcher Dan Siegel, who wrote a great book called Brainstorm, all about adolescent brains, identifies the way emotional intensity results in relationships taken off hot and ending in a steaming pile of garbage. Research shows that bullying behavior is most prevalent in the middle school years when hormones are just beginning to rage, but executive function skills have not fully developed. The the hot and cold qualities of friendships reflect these biological as well as social and environmental circumstances. Furthermore, the development of such cognitive functions and practice in these early relationships affect teams' ability to form and maintain the more stable relationships of adulthood, including one's relationship with oneself. So these are basically the gateway years for after they leave home and attend college or enter the adult world. Do you think there's pressure on 
young men to not have close relationships at all? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. That's why I feel like it's kind of hard, especially at like just high school in general, I guess. Yeah. There's just a, like a bunch of stigma around that stuff, but I, I definitely think with him, we can be very genuine, so yeah. What do you think makes you a good friend? Um, I, I guess I'm a good person, so, um, and like, I can um, help other people with a lot of things. A lot of my friends don't aren't very good with like mechanical things, and because um, like been having trouble with his truck, uh-huh. and we've just been helping him. With all the responsibilities that young people take on to become successful, check out episode three for more on that subject. Changing relationships in this acute phase can feel like a tsunami. Well, there's a few friends that I still hang out with, but most of a lot of them, I've just um, either completely lost contact with or don't really talk to anymore. Like I'm not willing to do like the fake stuff. Like if I don't like you, I'm not gonna hang out with you. Like. All right, here is one more email from a parent listener. Read to you by Six, my own adolescent. Dear Smells Like Teen Parent, We just moved last spring and my sixth grader, who is shy, is having a hard time making friends. I don't think he even knows how to call other kids, let alone set up a playdate. How can I help him make friends without trying to run the show? Power Mom. Great question. Okay, Power Mom. For kids having a hard time making friends, adults can help a student identify their own strengths and interests. Then look for some extracurricular activities within the school and outside of it, such as community community centers, sports leagues, and theater groups. Have a conversation with your kid, but don't push too hard. Help your teen plan an activity with friends. We might assume that kids know how to do this, but I hear from lots of parents who are surprised that with all the time their kid spends texting, younger teens especially do not know how to make plans to get together. Because, well, let's face it, up until now, it's been the adult's job. You might have to give a brief tutorial or role play with them about how to call or text someone to set up dates and hang out. Make your house the kind of place where your kid feels comfortable bringing people over. Help them set up with their friends, then get out of their way. If you can, be that chauffeur. Offer ride shares. It is one of the best ways to get to know what is happening in their lives, as they will promptly forget about you as the driver as they chat. Also, try to get a sense of whether your child is having difficulty making friends due to something else, like social anxiety, challenges reading social cues, low self-esteem, or just a lack of opportunity or time. Let them know that spending time with friends and making social connections is important, just like studying. In fact, the longest longitudinal study researched what makes people happy, and the number one factor that contributed to happiness is having strong relationships. My parents were pretty involved in who I hung out with, but now they really trust me that I can make good decisions for myself. Well, that's our episode for this time. Join us next episode when we get real about the squirmiest of all parent-child conversations, sex. We're going to be interviewing some experts who are leading more empowered conversations about puberty and hearing from teens themselves about what they need and don't want from adults having the big talk. Thanks to the teens who offered their input for this podcast and to The Birdhouse, where we make it all happen. This episode is brought to you by NextPhase.ai, your partner in data enterprise transformation. May you be safe. May you be healthy. May you be free from suffering. And don't forget to wear sunscreen every day.